Alright people, welcome to the Bizzlecast. A couple days ago, did uh, my second cast with uh, Australia's own Brit Girl. Um, Brittany was on a month ago for the first time. Uh, we talked about Wonder Woman when it first came out. Now we talk about it again four weeks later when it has uh, taken over the world in all the best ways. Um, and we had a wide range of conversation on our second podcast. But as usual, I think our uh, most fun stuff for the, you know, for the hardcore fans is kind of our philosophical and predictive uh, discussions about the future of comic books in film going forward in the next few years. I want to thank The Nerdist for uh, this little piece of magic and I will see you in a sec on the other side. Stop. There's no one I can beat or Which brings us to the DCEU. Basically, after the not-so-great critical reception of uh, Batman v Superman, even though it did somewhat well money-wise, I get, although it's unclear how much they spent in the end, but um, they, there was a big shake-up. And uh, creative control was given over to Jeff Johns, who is a comic book writer. I mean, he, you know, he's not like a guy who dabbles in comic books. He's written a shit ton of comic books, including Justice League and so forth. He helped engineer the Arrowverse, which, although you and I agree, is problematic at times in some shows, has certainly been an overall success as an experiment on television for DC. How was that finale, though? Have you seen the finale for season five? Season five of what? Arrow. We talked about this last time. We but you have seen it because it was a really good one. It was really good, yeah. But, it was really good. Yeah, I mean, back to the movies, <laughs> right? I just hope there are some people that are actually dead because it won't feel like, um, uh, it will, you know, like as as yeah. as momentous. Um, but yeah, Arrow. It, it, I did not love season five, but it did end on a really good note. Unlike Flash, which was just a what the fuck moment. Oh, mm, uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> that was my feelings on that. And I thought Supergirl's last couple episodes were some of the best um, ending of a season yeah. of genre TV I've ever seen personally. Um, Definitely, I've been meaning to rewatch them. Um, tease Supergirl for later. The, her and Batgirl are currently fighting together in the Supergirl comics. Um, uh, the rebirth ones that are going on right now anyways point is they basically gave over creative control to someone who was a comic book writer who knew that comic books were supposed to be fun and not just serious they could be both serious and fun who respected the darker tone of the snyder vision but who also was excited for the patty jenkins a vision um and we'll see with the just whedon vision or the james wan vision with aquaman it's a little bit more colorful who, un- who th- understood that there's a difference between being dark in tone and dark in color and dark in message for example right so mm-hmm. i have a lot of questions so you're gonna do a lot of talking this because i have a lot of questions for you miss dc uh expert um oh but uh my first I like that title <laughs> yeah so my, my first overall question is when Jeff Johns comes out publicly, I guess unsurprisingly given the success and the love, but it comes out publicly saying, our movies are going to look more like Wonder Woman going forward than BVS going forward. 
the thought that comes to mind first to you is uh, <laughs> that's okay that's actually that's that's um i think it is a positive move but at the same time the the fact that the tones between the films that we have uh, bvs man of steel uh, suicide squad and wonder woman they're quite different. Man of Steel and BVS were pretty similar, but Wonder Woman and um, Suicide Squad are outliers. And I liked how, although they were in the same universe, they had a different um, tone. All aiming for the same target, different tone. I think this. I think uh, main Jeff Johns. Someone said it was like what they want to do is they want to put the directors, um, give them freedom in what they want to do, as if they're like putting kids in a sandpit and saying. Make whatever you want in the sandpit. Don't restrict the director um, as much that that the films don't have such different tones anymore. Because I mean, if you look over at the Marvel films, like, and I, and I hate comparing them because it's not like I I, it, I don't hate Marvel. I actually quite yeah. like it. But yeah. um, in, in comparison, the Marvel films they have a similar tone. They're similar similar going through. It's I, I don't really think they have that much of a director staple point. Like, you can't say, oh, this was this director and this was this. And there's no real thumbprint on them. They're quite the same universe, the same kind of boxed-in thing, um, and which, which is working for them, which is good. Like, I mean, people like that. But at the same time, I love the fact that we are getting the same universe, but also a freedom for the director to create something new and different and fresh. So, yes, it's positive that things are going to perhaps reflect Wonder Woman, but I hope they don't restrict the directors too much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing that you and I have been talking about off mic, and maybe we'll have time later uh, to talk about is it does seem like Kevin Feige and the producers at Marvel are steering things as much as the directors at certain points. And that's sort of what pissed off Joss Whedon. And so it'll be interesting to see if Whedon has a different experience where Warner Brothers is saying, yes, we want a continuous in a contiguous universe, but we're going to give the directors more freedom. We're going to talk about that with Batgirl. We're going to talk about that uh, with the update on Batman with Matt Reeves, maybe doing a different direction with Batman, that they can, mm-hmm. you can have a number of different tones and still be in a continuous universe, right? Which is sort of what you're saying. Yeah. But my thing that I want to push back on with you about BVS, which we didn't really have time for last week and wasn't really the point, is that I think BVS thinks it has such a deeper message than what actually comes across. And I'm not saying Zack Snyder didn't have a brilliant vision behind it, but the fact that you have Batman and Superman basically just acting like assholes for the whole movie, uh, leading up to a short fight, uh, not very memorable, and that the name Martha was the resolution to the fight, you know, blowing up the Capitol building, uh, all that stuff... I, I, I think that Zack Snyder sometimes, and I hope we see him again just for his sake. It would be really sad if this derails his career um, in terms of his family um, situation. So I hope everything there is going well. Never wish bad on anybody, even if they suck. Mm-hmm. And he definitely does not suck. He's just not my kind of director, but he definitely has a vision. But my point is, Civil War was not more superficial than BVS. I'm sorry. They they were equally superficial when it came to what makes a superhero, who's accountable to whom, you know, when does the ends justify the means? And I think Cap was just more fun, and that's why it did better and the, they have much better chemistry. I mean, it's clear the Avengers have great chemistry in terms of the actors compared to the BVS actors. They've had way more movies to do so um in the Avengers. But do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
thing. Like I, I know you said, oh, you get more. You say you get more every time you watch BVS. And to be yeah. honest with you, I tried to rewatch it uh, with the director's cut, and I may get through it at some point. But and and I respect that. But I just remember the whole time feeling like I was just getting beat over the head. Um, and, and, and when you add in the dark color palette and then the emotionless, uh, the emotionlessness of it all, it, it, it wasn't clear to me why I'm rooting for these superheroes. Mm. And I do, I do understand what you're saying, and I think these, this, this always makes an interesting discussion to have two people with different opinions on a film. I watched a um, a, a video on YouTube the other day, which was um, it's based on helping writers, and I wish I could remember what the the subscription channel name was. But he talked about how um, movies today. This is why Wonder Woman is great, and he compared it to how he wasn't that much of a fan of um, what's it called, uh, Civil War. Is because Marvel builds up to quite emotional and quite, um, I guess, intellectual intellectual moments and quite, um, you know, heartstring serious points, but they ruin it with bathos. I think he said so. A bit of humor, like for I watched the same video. I watched. Yeah, yeah. So you. I saw it. it. Yeah. I so saw it. Yeah. I, I. Yeah, and I think maybe it's because Batman versus Superman. Maybe we felt like it was too strong and too hard. I think maybe that's where you, where, where you're coming from. And I think yeah, it definitely has its flaws. But I think looking at it from a um, from a media perspective, and I think I look at it more as the themes and then the characters. Definitely, Superman and Batman could have been done better with the whole Martha thing. Um, why did you say that name? Um, <laughs> but Swear I think me. that looking, um, looking at just the whole media idea, because I mean, people would be going nuts. I mean, pe- for example, people are already worldwide going nuts over a businessman sitting in the presidential chair. Yep. People talk about it. So it would be an overwhelming media sensation if we had Superman here today. And I think, and I think that was a really interesting way that they looked at it, and how it's kind of like people look at him and say, um, "You can save everybody. Why don't you save everybody?" But then there's the other side. It's I don't know. I I really liked those um, investigations into those themes. But it, yeah, I guess it's the the lack of humor. I guess lack of bathos. Okay, I got to tackle this because I saw that super pretentious video and I gave that guy lots of credit. Oh, you credit. didn't like it? Well, no, I, I, I give him tons of credit for being an intellectual, but he's over-intellectualizing comic books. And if you've read comic books, for the most part, you have bathos even in the darkest moments. That's where the pulpiness comes in. People, you mm. know, kids wouldn't stick with it if there wasn't some silliness. Now, I agreed with him about Captain America Civil War. I hated the airport battle. Everyone that says that's the greatest thing in comic book movies ever, it was not the greatest thing for that exact reason it was th- th- there was mm. no stakes they had to almost kill you know Rhodey just to create some stakes he even he didn't die they, they were fighting as if it was just a practice run and quipping at each other when the when the real cl- they should have just skipped that whole thing and just done the climax with Iron Man and Winter Soldier and Cap now 
Captain America the Winter Soldier, which he didn't address, does not have bathos. You know, and at the time actually, Brittany, people Marvel fans thought Winter Soldier was almost too dark. Now I know that seems silly for someone who loves BVS, but at the time people thought it was almost too dark because everyone was a bad guy and they were Nazis basically, and everything Captain America had fought for for his whole life was going down the drain and his buddy was being brainwashed behind the whole thing. Does not have bathos. And what Joss Whedon did with the Avengers, at least one i felt he did it with both but at least one is he created a a a, um he created an atmosphere of jokiness but everyone was always on edge because of loki and the situation you know Mm -hmm. and even leading up to iron man's final um sacrifice and what joss whedon does so great and why i think he's getting nailed batgirl and if i don't know if you're into firefly and serenity and the other stuff that joss whedon oh uh, yeah i've seen him i thought it was very that last episode of Firefly, yes. it just it's it is the pinnacle of that series, I think. Oh, objects in space with the the bounty hunter. Yes, yes, amazing. Yeah, and um, uh, but what he does so well is Joss understands that the best time to have humor, as long as it's tasteful, is during the most dangerous moments because that's how soldiers operate. That's how people who fight operate, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when you need to have, you know, like when Hawkeye and Iron Man are making fun of each other during the final Avengers battle, you know, um, or Steve and Tony are going at each other in that context. It it, it makes perfect sense. That would, that would be the time that would be funny. That's why Ultron, the best part of Ultron is the final battle because the humor is so good, but it's all because they're scared shitless and they think they're going to die. You know, Hawkeye's talking about, you know, remodeling his house house and like yeah how <laughs> you yeah, shouldn't yeah. be there i'm just a guy with an arrow um but i think that's interesting yeah. you, you bring in josh sweden into this conversation because um it, it, the but the, the guy in the video was saying that as soon as josh sweden left that was when yeah. the bathos was i agree used incorrectly hence my videos Brittany. that i'm coming to dc come on how, how much more obvious can yeah. i get <laughs> <laughs> you just you just follow him really yes. religiously yes. Eh? I didn't give two shits about the Avengers movie before Joss Whedon wasn't... I, I hadn't even seen the solo films. Yeah. I'm going to go a little bit off track here, but I just... I feel like I need to get it out because um, you've, you've given me the Sarah Connor Chronicles to watch. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the girl that plays the, um, the cyborg in that, and Summer then Glau. also she's in Serenity, and then also Summer she's Glau. been on Arrow. Summer Glau. Should have been Sorry, on more name? of Arrow. I can't believe they... She was so great on she's Arrow. They should have used more of her. She's underused. Yes. I watched Arrow, and before I had seen Serenity, or uh, sorry, um, Firefly, or, or Sarah Connor Chronicles, and I watched it, and I thought, who is this actress? I don't give a damn. And then I'm watching Sarah Connor Chronicles, the episode where um, she's talking pretty much to herself in the future, you know, the, the actual human her, and then the cyborg oh, her. Oh, Allison. Chatting. She's I'm like, this oh, is yeah. incredible. Allison Young, this uh, is that is incredible acting, yep. and I'm looking at that. I'm thinking she's an amazing actress yes. who is so Preach. underused Preach. in Arrow, and I actually got angry. I got very angry, oh my God. and I'm I'm sorry. I just had to. I know we're talking DC, but I had no. to get that out somewhere. No, it's related because Joss is going to find a way to put her in one of the movies if he can. She's not right for Batgirl, but like he's at least going to consider. Who would you cast her? I think as a Who bad guy or, or, or like a, like a Huntress yeah. type character, like sort of on the, on the fence a little oh, bit. Oh, Huntress. Yeah. You know what? She'd be pretty good at Catwoman. What does she look like now? She looks fantastic. She looks like she hasn't aged a day. I like every time you see when me, when, when they canceled Sarah Connor Chronicles, me and my dad like almost went to Fox to burn down the place. I mean, we were so <laughs> upset. He's a gigantic. We both are yeah. gigantic summer glow uh, 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 fans. And yes, I would put her in the top five most underutilized actresses out there easily, easily. 
And I'm not just saying that because you brought it up. I genuinely love Summer Glow. Yeah. And, and her relationship with Simon and Firefly is so sweet. That, um, that Alison Young episode mm-hmm. definitely just was, I was like, yep, you are now one of my favorite actors. Wait, how far are you? How far are you in? Oh, I think I'm halfway through season two. So I've just seen. How about the, uh, the beginning of season one where John's squishing her with the car and she's like, John, stop, stop. I love you. I love you, oh, John. Oh my goodness. That was incredible. <laughs> and I'm just watching it like, this is so twisted. Yeah. Cause it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I've actually just watched the bit where, um, where Sarah and the team are at this small town. And there are dead cows and stuff. And they're at this funeral where one guy isn't actually dead. And there's a drone that's going around too. So it's all like kind of aliens, but but it's actually not aliens, obviously. Yep. It's just future tech. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about where I am. And it is, ah, uh, I'm sold. Yeah. And I just saw that she, recently that the, the girl, the lady that plays Sarah Connor is in Game of Thrones. And I thought to myself, well, maybe I should watch Game of Thrones now. Oh, you've never seen Game of Thrones? Oh, oh, most people know Vini no. Heedy either from 300 or Game of Thrones. Yeah. Speaking of Zack Snyder. 300? Oh, how did I not remember that? Yeah. She's the beautiful princess. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well. Also, flawless American accent for an English actress. Very high level of difficulty. And she, by the way, She's is completely English? different from that or her character in Game of Thrones in real life. She's very, very silly, uh, l- um, potty mouth type, you know, um, British actress. But she plays these really hardcore roles. I'm so glad My you goodness. like it. I love Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. I actually have I have I brought down the Blu-ray before you said anything the other day. I've already had my Blu-ray downstairs, like ready to queue it up one of these days. Yeah, but that's an example of a show that's super dark but funny, right? I mean, they yeah, they, they find like I mean Derek. How Derek cracks me up. I know he's not the best actor, he, but he's so he can be so hilarious in his stupidity. In him and Cameron going back and forth. I mean, the best is Cameron and Sarah going back and forth. And John just... What's great about that show is you think John is going to be the annoying teenager like he is in the other movies when it first starts. Mm. But by the point where you are right now, like he's kind of the adult moderating between the other children. He is. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so I've actually just come across some... I think it's fan art of Summer Glau as x23 oh that would be cool i mean like i'm kind of double back on what we were saying about the young actress but i mean she is ambiguously ethnic looking and so she could potentially yeah she'd be pretty good at domino actually yes make her domino hell yeah make her domino oh i'm getting excited yeah i think sorry i think (laughs) i think part of the thing with summer glow was just she's um she's very very shy and insecure in real life. Um, mm. And so sometimes Hollywood can be a cruel place for for oh. people like that. But I remember when I saw that she was going to be an Arrow, and then I, I can't believe they didn't explore that relationship. They had such hilarious but real chemistry with her and Oliver did, I thought. That she wouldn't try and seduce him more, I thought. It made no sense. Mm-hmm. But um, how do we get on this? Um, oh, yeah. I have absolutely yeah. no idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. So the point is, I agree with you. They, they tried to make Avengers 2.5 without Joss Whedon. And I don't think it, Infinity War is going to be so overbloated. There's no way Infinity War is going to be good, right? But, but 
Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther are, both look incredibly promising, and I know that I've accused Marvel of hand-holding its directors before. You know, Edgar Wright was originally directing Ant-Man and then left because he felt like they were trying to control too much. Joss Whedon wasn't happy with it, but between... Um, uh, Ryan Coogler, who directed Creed, uh, who's directing Black Panther with that cast and that property, and Taika Waititi, who's so fantastic, who did Hunt for the Wilder People and other stuff, um, New Zealander, um, doing Thor Ragnarok. I, I, I think, Brittany, we're going to know a lot more by sort of the end of February after those two movies about whether Marvel is willing to uh, release the reins. And by the way, world is freaking out right now in the united states because the han solo movie directors were fired like straight up fired with like three weeks left of shooting and replaced with ron howard who is one of the greatest hollywood directors of all time but is also kind of old school and you know the guys who were fired did the lego movie they did 21 jump street like they brought them in specifically for some new humor but kathleen kennedy who i love and respect who's been with lucas film this whole time was just like you guys are butchering han solo so fuck you get out of here and we're gonna bring in ron howard who by the way george lucas asked ron howard to uh direct the prequels or one of the prequels it's interesting to think whether the prequels would have been better with ron howard at the helm or anyone but lucas so disney's in a little bit of turmoil right now you know are, are you familiar with espn our sports net the sports network here. Yeah, 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 a little bit. So they're owned by Disney. They've been losing money for years um, because of all the the alternative media when it comes to sports. Their ABC shows yeah. are a disaster. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is completely not given the right treatment. Now they're introducing Inhumans, which I have zero interest in because I've I seen know. Agents of Why S.H.I.E.L.D. Inhumans? I, I don't they know. Should, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think that it's directors are changing chairs so often nowadays there's not really anything to worry about either i mean bringing in a classic actor like you're saying ron howard is going to bring in something really good for such a classic material oh yeah i mean no people are happy people are happy that it's howard they're just upset that it took this long lego the lego movie not the batman lego movie although they were producers yeah so it it doesn't uh, i don't know that hearing that doesn't really make sense to me but um that sounds like a really really good move but um no my question is look let me put it this way even though patty jenkins created a superhero that was a true superhero in the old school golden age sense of i want to save people no matter what mm. as a complete contrast to batman v superman and even the dark knight to a certain point you know to a certain amount but it felt tonally consistent with bvs as you point out, Gal Gadot's performance informs and makes even cooler her performance in Batman v Superman. Mm. Especially when um, when Lex Luthor gets the name wrong. He says Prometheus hated humans. And then <laughs> Diana is just like, oh my goodness, this guy's a moron. And she turns around and like, walks away because obviously we know it's Ares now. That's the history of it. So even though uh, you know Wonder Woman was it's sort of an old school good guy in a way that even Captain America's not. I mean, 
Captain America operates, yes, from a good place in his heart, but there's also a sort of guilt behind everything and, and a burden. Because remember, Steve was just a skinny dude who got the super serum. Mm. So he always is going to have a, a, an insecurity, which to me makes it relatable. I never cared or liked Captain America growing up, but the portrayal of Chris Evans, where he always plays it like he's that scrawny kid who just happened to get powerful. And, you know, he's still the kid who used to get picked on, but he would still try and stop bully fights and then get his ass kicked, you know? Like, mm. and, and part of that's because Chris Evans in real life is actually like a very uh, sensitive theater type. Like he grew up in theater, uh, you know, like he, he's super manly, obviously, but you know, yeah. he's not like a jock in real life. I mean, you know, he likes the Patriots, but other than that, he's like, you know, he's, like, <laughs> he's kind of a nerd. He describes himself as a nerdy theater guy. So that comes across great. But Diana being born with these powers, there's no burden there. Her only burden is to try and do everything to save the world. Right. Yeah. And meanwhile, you have an entire movie, Batman v Superman, fighting each other because they don't agree with each other's methods about how to save the world. Now, if Justice League can bring this whole narrative forward and explain it all, by the way, <laughs> Jeff Johns is claiming that they're not upping uh, D- Diana's role in Justice League and that it was always significant. I am calling bullshit on that. There's <laughs> no way they're doing six to eight weeks of reshoots with Gal Gadot and not giving her more to do, even if it's just so they can do it in the trailers or whatever. And as we pointed out, it just you can already tell she's like the field leader. She has to be, right? I mean... yeah. I feel like I feel like there's going to be a few times where Batman says, "Okay, like he'll try and take the helm," and he'll be like, "We got to do this, this, and this." And then Wonder Woman will be like, he, "You can't because of X, Y, Z." And talking about like the tactical, so like override him a little bit, and he'll be like, "Okay, you're right, yep." And I feel like Alfred would be in the background going like, "I really like this woman, this this lady. I really like her. I really like her, <laughs> like Anna Candy." <laughs> Um, and here's a good place to bring in uh, comic books, actually. So if you look at the Justice League comic books, um, I've tried to read what are considered some of the better runs. Um, you mentioned some. I haven't had a chance to do the one that you mentioned. I know the Injustice ones also, as you mentioned, were supposed to be good. There's one that's just called Justice that's supposed to be really good from a, a few years back. That's just like a big graphic novel. Um, I, I, my observations are... Uh, maybe I'm just not reading the right one, but the chemistry always seems off with the Justice League because they all have such different pasts and even different motivations. Mm. And maybe that's part of it. Like the Avengers can feel this way in the comic books too. Like it's supposed to be a little off. The power levels are so different and so forth. And some are cosmic, some are from the bottom of the sea, some are, you know, the flash, whatever. Uh, Batman is always trying to contribute because his powers are so so underpowered compared to the rest of them. But what I do love is just what you pointed out, which is, none of them can agree what to do diana just tells them what to do and they do it basically which is great i feel that really the justice league what what really separates it from marvel is the justice league really are singles just pulled together feeling like like, okay this threat is too big we have to work together but they don't want to they don't like working together whereas um avengers they they do they they're almost like a family they like especially black widow and um hawkeye they really rely on each other and then um and then there's captain america even just gained um uh, black widow's trust and they became really close and then it's just it really is they've bonded they've come really close whereas the justice league i really they're all such different heroes in what they want to do and what they believe should be done and i think because of that they don't work well together and i think that's the appeal for justice league because it's like okay we have to put aside our differences and fight dark side or or get rid of war world or something 
And I think um, based on uh, Matt Reeves, who's about to release War for the Planet of the Apes, which is getting great advanced press. Um, those aren't my types of movies, but they have been quite good this series. Um, so I'll probably see that. Um, he also did Cloverfield, which was like a big cult classic back in the day. He directed Dawn of the, oh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, he's on a bunch of TV and stuff like that. He's just an up and coming guy. He basically wants to go back to detective comics, Batman, which I think is great. And as you uh, suggested, the notion of a Batman in the past, like in the fifties with a young Batgirl or something like that would be amazing. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but. Because mm, that's what I really hope will happen with Batgirl. It's it's one thing that's really great about what happened with Wonder Woman is because she's set back in World War One. Nothing, it's not affected by any any Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman. So I feel even with Batgirl, if they take Batgirl back to like the nineties, um, before I guess Jason Todd died, where it was a bit more, it would have been a bit more fun vigilante kind of stuff, I guess, and that would be a, a, a lot. M- a, a better storyline because in that way although yes they're still heading towards the same target and still in the same universe i feel the director joss whedon will get a lot more freedom in doing that um but i really I'm, i've heard and i'm pretty sure it's confirmed as well that the batman film is going to be in arkham asylum and i think if they have that today going into arkham asylum they can really make that twisted i feel like that tone could really i think that would probably probably could take the heaviest rating for DC of him of Batman just trying to like going into interview say the Joker and then trying to fight his way out past like Victor Zaz for example that would be terrifying and I think that would be a really interesting way for them to go in this in that film there can I give you a third possibility here which is shoot so <laughs> you have uh, the Dark Knight movies, which tried to maintain some noir things, but was clearly set in the present or even near future. Um, you have the recent X-Men movies, which have tried to be time periods to lesser or greater extents, I think, between First Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse, which were set in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, respectively. The only one that really hit it out of the park uh, both in terms of the time period and the movie is Days of Future Past. Now, First Class has grown on me, but his portrayal of the 60s is, is laughable. I think it was supposed to be pulpy, though, which I didn't get when I first saw it, you know? Um, it's it's by a director with a much different style. Apocalypse was just a mess, and the 80s-ness never really came through. I, mm-hmm. How about just having an old-school feeling Batman where they don't even tell us what year it is? Well, I'm not sure, but they do sort of do it in Gotham in that you don't really know the era it's in. But I think that because of the type of phone that Gordon has, the type of equipment that is in the GCPD, it's and the cars that they drive and how they mostly have um, revolvers instead of Glocks, I think that's an interesting alternate time period that um, could be could be you know referenced. Yeah, and I think that's really cool because I, I that's. Batman needs the classic gangster because I feel like that's the era he he thrives in. You know, as much as people don't like fedoras, but fedoras, suits, and Tommy guns. I've that's that's the Batman animated series to me, and that's Batman to me. That's the classic. You know, penguin leaning out his window with his goons with Tommy guns, and it's like a nice forties car going across the freeway. That's what I remember. That's what that must. That's my basis of Batman. And I think you're right. Having like this out of period at a period time that they film this in would be an incredible way to go. 
But if you just look at the Batman the Animated Series, and I'm talking about the original one from the 90s, I know there's been a lot of other good ones since then. It, it didn't have, because it's a cartoon, you know, it's short form, it's cartoon, they can draw whatever they want. They didn't really, they could have it be old school without having to specifically say, oh, this took place in the 50s and 60s. And I'm not sure why they couldn't do it in the movies, but, you know, listening to Matt Reeves, it sounds like they might do. By the way, you know Detective Comics is at, like, 967 or something? Uh, it'll be interesting to see when they hit, uh, I guess that's still a little ways, a couple of years away from 1,000. Um, mm. I was checking out the store the other day. And speaking of which, your girl, Batgirl, is currently the lead star or co-star of three, can I count them, three monthly uh, comic books right now she's got yeah what's up she's birds of prey supergirl and and batgirl plain old batgirl of yep. slide yeah and, and I'm, I'm reading yep. batgirl birds of prey because i love seeing the other characters but i'll probably go back and do batgirl um i've got a couple of the digital with her and supergirl um i can't imagine how she's gonna help supergirl other than her brains I- i'm assuming um but uh it's just cool i mean you know you'd think it would be supergirl coming into batgirl's world based on tv um, and by the way, they planned all this before Joss Whedon officially came on board, or did they? Right? We don't know how far this go. This went, and you know, I've sent you this article, and I've been quoting it to everyone who thinks I'm crazy. But in the, in the um, interview with um, uh, Jeff Johns and uh, the other guy John Berg, who are the two heads of the DC Film Universe, um, the, uh, the 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 writer from Variety. This is about a week ago. Uh, asks uh, Berg, uh, Joss Whedon is overseeing reshoots on Justice League and will write and direct Batgirl. How important will he be to the DC Cinematic Universe going forward? Berg says, he's a big part already. We love him. He's a great partner, collaborator. We want him to be ensconced, meaning have decisions with everything. We bring people by, have general meetings and talk about comics and their favorite superhero movies. But with Joss, he saw the master board and he saw a Batgirl title and he said, quote, you guys seriously want to do Batgirl? We said, absolutely. And then Joss said, quote, that's my jam. <laughs> so that was it. He showed yeah, up. Hell he st- yeah, it's your jam. Yeah, he showed up. <laughs> they're talking Justice League. And in the corner, they see back, he sees Batgirl. And he's like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's what I want to do. And yeah, so, well, and yeah, that's yeah, the thing. The more recent Batgirl, um, Batgirl of Burnside, is so wonderfully stylized that he could really have a lot of fun with it, putting it to screen. Um, and we've actually fun little fun little point here we we actually have seen batgirl um in an animated film at the end of oh gee which one is it it's the batman where talia ghoul comes in oh yes uh i'm way behind family i'm way behind yeah so that's this is the animated film and actually it's a really average film Mm -hmm. but at the end when the whole bat family uh so batman robins uh nightwing Batwoman and Batwing leaping off the corner of the building like, yeah, we're the Bat family. Then across like five rooftops down in Gotham, there's Batgirl coming out from the shadows in her Batgirl of Burnside costume. So it's like we can see um, there's a tease there a little bit in the animated world. Hopefully they'll extend on that. But then as well as Joss Whedon in in the cinematic world, it's just it's an incredible, exciting time for Batgirl fans. 